In the last episode, we talked about Zephy, a child, a teenage child, a 16-year-old who met a man online, just an older teenager, and we talked about the boyfriend effect. Well, I'm going to tell you a story today and introduce you to someone who has made a lot of difference in my life. I lived in an office beside her for several years as she was rebuilding her life and regaining custody of her children and trying to outwork the label of prostitute that she received as a child. Hello, and welcome to Invading the Darkness, stories from the fight against child sex trafficking, featuring Linda Smith, the founder of Shared Hope International. Join Linda as she shares stories from her 23 years of fighting the battle of domestic minor sex trafficking. Our desire is that each episode of Invading the Darkness will help you understand the importance of fighting child sex trafficking, as well as equip you to join in that fight. You heard about Zephy and how she as a child was determined to be an adult and to be remanded to adult court because she was just so bad. How she got twice the bail of 750000 twice as much as her trafficker, because his attorney had said she was the mastermind. Now, you might also remember that the law says, the federal law and most states' law says, that a child in commercial sex, anyone under 18, is considered a victim of trafficking and just simply should be able to bring that as a defense. Now, Zephy's in a state where they won't allow that. She had to be brought up on the charges brought by the prosecutor who seemed to not know the federal law or understood the severity of charging her under the state law outside of acknowledging her trafficking conditions. Well, we talked about some of the reasons that every state needs to be consistent in creating an environment that is not different state by state and to align that to the federal law. The last episode, we talked about how it's just simply there needed to be what's called an affirmative defense. Doesn't mean the case is over, doesn't mean the trial's over, but it needs to be brought up that any child in commercial sex under 18 is a victim of trafficking. Well, as I was thinking this week about Zephy, I was thinking, boy, she sure reminds me of Yvonne. I've told you a little bit about Yvonne. I think she was in one of the earlier episodes, 11, I think. But I want to tell you a little bit more in relationship to Zephy. In the court of public opinion, they were painted in headlines as just bad. Yvonne's headlines were teen prostitute. Zephy's were two teenagers murder a man or something like that not acknowledging for either one of them that they were sold in commercial sex. Zephy approached online by an older boyfriend and then sold out of his home where he actually killed a buyer, and she's being accused of that. And then there's Yvonne, a street kid who'd ran away from abuse at home. But I'll let her tell you more about that in a few minutes. They were both young. They both should have been under the law considered a traffic victim, and had they been, especially Zephy, in another state or another time, 
for Yvonne, they would never have had the path in the courts re-victimize them or threaten them to take away their life as teenagers. That never would have happened because under the federal law and most state laws, it simply says under 18, if you're in commercial sex of prostitution, performance, or pornography, you are considered a victim of trafficking. In the federal law, it clearly says you can't be culpable for the crime committed against you. You are a victim. In most state laws, that is held the same. Come to find out in Texas, which has some pretty good laws, so I was surprised at this. They're saying she can't even make that plea because she wasn't a traffic victim. They question her morals. They question that she was a good girl. I'm going to tell you a story of a young lady that changed my life. Now, you hear me say that often because there are pivotal points that have helped me to understand more of what child sex trafficking does to a person over the years of their life, if they survive. Well, Yvonne will remind you somewhat of Zephy. You remember Zephy was 16 when she was arrested as an accomplice in a murder. Her trafficker murdered a buyer that was there to purchase sex with Zephy. Well, there's another 16-year-old that I wished the law had changed. To any extent, it would have been better than what happened to her. She was trafficked before the National Trafficking Victims Protection Act was enacted, and children who were sold for sex in America were not considered victims, but criminals. And most all states still arrested the child or the woman, usually young, because that's what men wanted to buy, and the man would walk away or be given a fine or maybe a misdemeanor. Well, she, like Sefi, was brought into court and treated like an adult because of the paintbrush of public opinion. Now, how could that happen? A prosecutor that had the same opinion, a public defender that thought she was bad and wanted her to plea. But again, we'll go to that later. If a child enters a system that still has a prostitution law, that still calls her or him a prostitute, they are not going to be treated with the compassion that should be given to a victim of a violent crime, as both Zephy and Yvonne experienced. So today, I'm going to introduce you to Yvonne, and we're going to just talk a little bit about her history. At times, um, because the stories are difficult for you, there's difficult for me, and they're very difficult for the survivor. I'll tell part of their story if I know them a long time like Yvonne, and then they will tell you some more. My purpose in telling you this story, or Yvonne coming on today, is not just to tell you a horrible story, because obviously she's on today, which means she came together and things are better, and she'll tell you about that. But so you can understand why 
society and our court systems, our justice systems, still need substantial change. Nearly half of the states still have the child in the criminal law as a prostitute. They haven't removed that label. We have to change that. We can't have what's happening to Zephi happen in another state. They should consider these children as the victims they are. Maybe it doesn't settle the whole court case, but it needs to be brought up so people will understand what trafficking really looks like and that these girls aren't just temptress, bad girls, you know, there's some like that, but they are somebody's daughter. Well, I am privileged today to have with me um, my good friend and an expert in this issue. Actually, she is an expert in a way most of us would say, wow, those things should have crumbled her. But you'll realize how strong she is when she joins us here in a minute or two. We talked about this for some time, about telling her story a little bit and letting her then tell the rest of her story. And we think it's a little easier, um, might be easier on you, because this is a hard story to hear. Might be a little easier on us, because some of these things still bring me to tears, or real deep anger, the things that happened to Yvonne. But she's used these things as an expert, as an advisor to share hope to help us form a lot of the legal changes that you see today in the report cards given to each state. And the new report card is even tougher because we realize the victimization decade by decade to women like Yvonne and young men that have been trafficked as children. I will sometimes tie back to why we need to strengthen the report cards and why we're doing it and why we're running at this issue so strong right now. But you're going to start understanding by Zephy and by Yvonne and other young women and men who will join me in the next few sessions. Well, I met Yvonne when she was referred by a local program who helped street kids get off the street and young people come in and have somewhere to go. And it was this big gem and she was doing some service there. Um, she'd been in prison for several years, but she was doing some service rebuilding her life and she hadn't had anybody offered to help her before. So this was something new. But the head of the place told me about her and said, I think she's one of your girls, Linda. Well, she knows she's not a girl, and I know she's not a girl. But internally, um, I treat them very special like they were my child. Well, I listened. We had lunch together, and I knew that this young woman had been a child sex traffic victim and put in jail for the crime committed against her. It makes me chilled, angry, and then determined. But I thought, wow, this might not be able to be unwound. The label of prostitute, the headlines, the plea bargaining had put her down a path that was so hard to get out of that she would have to, with her own strength, we could stand with her, but she'd have to be determined to fight hard to build her life. So she went into a program at Shared Hope. She ended up going into accounting. She was so smart and so good that we decided 
and she needed medical insurance. We thought that was a good reason, too, uh, to put her in a permanent job. Now, these weren't things that we didn't need to have done, but she still needed to learn for quite a while, and there was a problem. She was a felon. Finding jobs that will sustain her would be very hard for her to go out without the resources and the skills and a job experience. And even then, it might be a problem. She had a need for health insurance. Her life had been violent. Commercial sex is violent. And she needed medical insurance. Well, I guess what I'm going to say is that this is going to be kind of hard for you to hear that story And when I heard some of it even, I thought, I don't know if she can succeed because of all the things that have happened to her. But she has. And so I'll tell you her story in the light of she is on today. She didn't take a path that destroyed her life. She did tough it in, tough it up, and go forward. But she was five, just little, when she was used in pornography. Her stepfather, well, actually, I don't know if they were even married. Her mom had a guy live with them who was with them quite a while. And one day he said, we're going to McDonald's. But she ended up on a mattress in a place and there were lights and cameras. She didn't understand what was going on, except it was icky. And at one point they brought a little boy there too. She'd been in foster care because of instability with her mother and her father. But this man was worse than anything that had happened to her. He would beat her. He was violent. It wasn't like a spanking. He'd have her put her hands over her face so nothing would show the scars, the bruises, the wells wouldn't show. The first time she ran away was seven. They would bring her back. The first time she was raped by her stepfather was nine. Then he brought the first man in the basement. He opened up a business. And then he started bringing who he said was his friends. Well, Yvonne got angrier and angrier. These kids are labeled in the system if they're mad. Another strike against her because she would run away and fight anybody that tried to take her back. She just wasn't timid. She never really thought in her heart. She was a victim, she told me. Well, you see, being a fighter meant she would fight anybody, police, juvenile justice system, anybody, because she wanted out and it was wrong. Well, one day she found out that he was doing stuff to her little sister. And so she went to school and told, and they finally believed her. Well, that was the beginning of her running away and being put in foster homes again. She got addicted with other kids in a foster home, mostly boys, and they gave her drugs. Most of her 12th year, she decided foster care and home, neither one was safe. And the older people on the street were nice to her and better. So she became a street kid and she'd sleep in abandoned homes. She thought she was doing pretty fine. But then it was her 13th birthday and she was in a park wasn't feeling very good and she laid down and closed her eyes and but I'm going to let her tell you the rest because after that her life really changed and people stopped seeing her as that five-year-old girl 
but an angry girl who had had birthdays. Thank you for listening to Invading the Darkness, stories from the fight against child sex trafficking. If you would like to learn how you can help put an end to child sex trafficking, please visit sharedhope.org slash take action. New episodes of Invading the Darkness are released every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific. If you have enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a five-star rating as well as a written review.